0: Hey, what's up, patrons? Uh, We uh, we're kind (laughs) of going by the seat of our pants on this one. Uh, We're trying something a little different, giving you guys some extra content uh, so you can enjoy. And you know, we really appreciate you guys uh, throwing in the buckaroos every month. So uh, we want to give you something special. Um, Today, we got CB Smith uh, with us, and we're talking about the book. Frankenstein Unbound, and if you haven't listened to that episode yet, which I'm sure I'm sure all of you have, but if our new patrons or even if the old patrons haven't, uh, it's a one ten season one episode ten uh, Frankenstein Unbound. You want to go listen to that before you listen to this, because um, we're gonna break down this book in a little segment that we are affectionately calling Book to the Movie. <laughs> Yay! Yay! So we're here.
1: <laughs> I wish I had that
0: energy. Damn. <laughs> I'm like Ozzy Osbourne, man. Like I, I you know, he's all like, but once he's gets on stage, he fucking turns it on, and that's it. Oh yeah.
1: I'm, I have a very Bob Dylan attitude, very smooth. <laughs> just hey, man, what's up? You're
0: one of the most soft-spoken, sweetest men I've ever met. By the way, um, I, uh, I slept for eight hours, and then I slammed a nas. So it's fine, guys. I'll, I'll take up the slack. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Hey. Gotta do what you gotta do, man. For the good of the podcast.
1: (laughs) A lot of times on bad days, I would head over to the uh, the the cafe at Barnes and Noble and I would tell them give me an espresso shot while I buy a Red Bull and I take a shot of the espresso, like a whiskey shot, and then I chase it with the Red Bull. (laughs) 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 Oof. And that takes me out of my smooth like heyman attitude and more of like, oh, I'm awake now, sweet.
0: Didn't weren't you said you had like a name for that cocktail?
1: Yeah, one of the baristas said it's the straight pride parade. I call it the soldier special because we just live off of caffeine and anger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Honest. The straight pride parade. That's so fucked up. What if I was tired and I was like, hey, I want that, but I'm not exactly straight. You're straight when you take it. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, So Frankenstein Unbound. We're we're going all the way back through the Buchanan, I guess. Buchanan Origins, really. Even though, based on what I just rewatched, that would just annihilate us. So, initially... I really hated this movie, and Sean had to remind me because he listened to our episode. Yes, I did. About it, and I likened it to a a dirty banana peel, I believe. Is that what you said? Runny banana peel. I said... uh, Runny banana peel. I I dug a hole under the dumpster and put it in there, under monster in the closet. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, did not go back and revisit the episode, and I did not rewatch the movie for tonight's escapades because... I was just on Talking About Tapes, Tony from Hack the Movies, Talking About Tapes, and uh, we talked about uh, Frankenstein Unbound, and you should go check that out, too, because we we do a semi-review in that, and we talk a little bit about Movie Dumpster and stuff like that, so that'd be kind of neat if you pop over to his YouTube and check that out, but um, upon that second viewing this movie it's fine because it's it's fucking buck wild like it's (laughs) yeah even as for like even as sedate as it is sometimes like it's fucking insane not and I don't mean saying like it's dead alive insane I mean it's insane as like how this is executed and who's in it you're like how does this exist (laughs) I think what it is was like I didn't. I had never seen it until we we did it on the show, and I did not know what to expect. Hated it the first time I saw it. Watched it again and knew what to expect. And I was like, "This is fucking great. (laughs) It sucks, (laughs) but I love it." Like, I don't know if I say I love it, but it's I can I can appreciate it a little bit more. It's still boring as fuck for a lot of it. Yeah. What we were we were saying uh, we were saying before that before we started, we kind of got a little warm up chat. The stretch of this movie where what did you call it in the our initial recording? What did you? It was like. Madame something, like, it becomes a romance novel for, like, 30 minutes? No, it becomes Madame Bovary for, like, 30 yeah. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> when he comes in with the fucking spy glasses to the poet Shelley. Yeah. And he's like, hello, here's, a, here's an automobile that prints paper with writing on it. Isn't this f- fucking weird? Yeah, Mary- <laughs> <laughs> here's the book you're going to write. Just have it. Here you go. <laughs> like, Mary Shelley's, like, fucking... Um, Lord Byron. Lord Byron and the poet Shelley. And then adds another one to the list with, with John Hurt. Fulfilling a lifelong dream of his. He never thought he'd be able to do it, but uh, he made it happen through a time anomaly. Hey man, if you're in the past and you want to fuck, I mean, why not fuck, uh, you know, the, the 15-year-old girl or whatever she is? I, I guess she's at least What do they say? 19 is when she's married, so she'll maybe 19? Possibly younger?
1: It's gross, whatever it is. She was, uh, she was about 18 or 19 at this point. Oh, okay, so she was legal. Those are the weird thing about this movie and the book is that it combines Frankenstein the novel, Mm. Frankenstein Unbound the story, and the real life of Mary Godwin, who becomes Mary Shelley about a year after this. Yes. Smith, can I ask you one
0: question? Have you ever read Madame Bovary? I have not. Okay, never mind. Continue. Well, I think it's funny about the, 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 the rampant disrespect of the timeline is that like It's been long theorized, I guess, if, like, if we, if, say, us, if we went back to the past, we would murder every single person around us. Yeah. Just with germs. And all the radiation that we've absorbed. Oh, sure. That's, like, basically just in us. But now you're talking about penetrating someone. Yeah, now we're talking <laughs> yeah, Now we're talking about having physical contact with someone. Like, she'd be dead by the next day. Like, <laughs> actual physical contact. Can you move? <laughs> no, I'm dead. We joke about that in our Ernest Scared Stupid episode when, uh, you know, old lady Hackmore's friends get brought back to life. <laughs> all those kids come back to the future and just drop dead from 10 million different, you know, versions of bacteria they've never seen before. Oh, sure. Sure. Rimshaw is there, and Ernest is there, and they "Rimshaw, Rimshaw, Rim, Rimshaw, <laughs> check those bodies." Uh, <laughs> little, little spoiler for the patrons before uh, we we get back to Unbound. Uh... CB also uh, apparently a uh, Ernest Virgin. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, that's right. Really,
0: somebody else.
1: I have not seen an Ernest movie. Nope. Oh, thank God.
0: You know what I mean? We might be rectifying that in season four, Smith. We we'll might have to get you on for uh, jail. I think is the one that's uh, in the hat currently. Now I gotta wait to watch that one too. <laughs> yeah. Also, we should see if there's a novelization of it because that would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be kind of interesting. If you're down, I wonder how the physical comedy comes through in the book. There might be a novelization to it, yeah. And then Ernest said, You know what I mean, Vern? If we ever get around to Good Burger, I gotta I gotta relocate to Good Burger too. I read it as a kid; it was one of those uh, Scholastic books. And uh, bring that up on the episode. Hold me to that. I'm sorry. What? There's a sequel to Good Burger? They go to France. There's like a mime or some shit that Kel's chasing. No, no, no. I'm not making this up. I remember this. How does that again? Like, how does that transfer to a novel? Well, you know what I mean. I'd have to revisit it. It's been 20 years. It's, it's been, been 20 25 years. years. <laughs> <laughs> gunner just sits up and the fucking book is under his ass here you go here you go sean i here you go <laughs> oh boy i gotta get into the meat and potatoes of this or the nuts and bolts i suppose because you know i had posted a couple months ago it might even have been longer ago with covid my mind's fucking hazy with time mm. of the unbound uh, slip cover that comes with the D V D. Yeah. And that had some of the lore that I assume is from the book. And I, I, I didn't pull this up beforehand, so I apologize. Uh, but I think it was like referring to the car as like the Aztec car or something. You got you you gotta uh, explain this one to us.
1: I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Aztec car? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay, uh, as we get into this, I'll look up the picture and see if I can, uh, rack my, uh, mind. Oh my god, I, I would love if there's, like, a, if that's somewhere in the middle of, like, this transition of, like, of this annotation from one me to the other one, there's just this extra piece of information that doesn't connect to either one. <laughs> This vestige of like a plot that no one ever fucking used. Connor, what do you think this show is that we do? I have no idea. I've been on it for three years. I have no idea what I'm doing. That's the that's the missing part you're talking about. <laughs> um, no, I think the Azteca is the type of car, like in real, or like in the real world. Yes. Okay. So I I, I pulled it up. That's probably what it is because the 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 blurb that I was thinking of is the futuristic sports car, the Aztec, which features an onboard computer using the film that Joseph Buchanan drives was provided by some Italian car company I can't pronounce, one of Europe's leading vehicle designers. Oh, I guess that might have been the person, but anyway, does it have a name in the book is what I'm trying to say besides a baby. I think it's really weird that they would include that because that's something I see from like, here's Robert Downey you're driving the new Audi from the movie Avengers Endgame. Sure. Like, <laughs> it's really high-end advertisements. Here comes Charlie Sheen driving
1: the car from The Wraith. I wish. What? What is the computer inside? The car? The computer is a completely movie thing. There's no computer in the book. (laughs) Oh,
0: of course. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it so much. (laughs) Are you telling me that
1: car does not talk to that man in the book? No, I think that was a good improvement, though, for the movie. It gave uh, a little, like, talking back and forth for a little kit. uh, Yeah, a little kit attitude there. Oh, my goodness.
0: (laughs) So you're telling me they they did what Disney did with Grim Fairy Tales, which is take a character who is talking to absolutely fucking nobody, and give them an animal so they don't look crazy. It
1: makes a little bit of sense because the framework of the of the novel is uh, Joe, who is Bodolin in the book. I don't know why they changed the uh, last name. What? <laughs> he has got a
0: different name. Why? What is his name?
1: Bodelin.
0: Ah, Joe Bodolin. That's my that's my alternate name. That is so stuffy. And so British. But it fits. <laughs> it fits, but I kind of hate it. And I, I like Buchanan better because of all the puns. Sure, yeah. I, I'm just wondering if they were like, Nah, John Hurt can't pull that last name off. We don't see it. Yeah, j- <laughs> super British John Hurt can't pull off Booland. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. Smith, uh... I'm sorry, we've we've been talking a lot since we started, and we haven't given you a chance to, like, brief us on the novel itself because everybody's heard us talk about the fucking movie. Let's hear about this book, this fabled book that we've been uh, dying to find out about.
1: I don't even know where to begin, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's my question, mm-hmm. um,
0: which might have been what you were leading into anyway. Um, So on a rewatch, I was thinking about how Frankenstein opens, and I was... Mostly basing this information less on my memory of Frankenstein and more on your memory of Frankenstein that you put in your videos for taking a page. Right. And, and saying, okay, right. Like the book starts with him, you know, doing these journal entries and talking to the captain. And then this movie starts with John Hurt walking in the ice, doing, I guess, like a quote unquote journal entry, but really just narrating.
1: That definitely is a callback to the original book uh, where they're walking through the tundra. But it that is... That part is in the end of the novel, the beginning of the novel. This is, this is going to be a lot of dumping on exposition because the book is just dumping everything on. Really? That's interesting. Okay, uh, you guys ready? Yes. yes.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm strapped
1: in. We start the book in the far-off year of... 2020.
0: Are you fucking <laughs> shitting me? You you cannot be serious.
1: It's the reason why I picked this uh, episode this year. I thought, oh, this is going to be great.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad you waited until the end of this year too. If fate was a thing, it would be a book called Frankenstein Unbound. Frankenstein Unbound.
1: Guys, it gets better.
0: <laughs> oh my God, lay it lay it down.
1: Slather it on. The very first sentence is Joe writing a letter to his wife, hoping that the post office will send the letter. Due to all communications being cut off with the post office because of government interference. (laughs) Oh, my God. Eerie. Listen, we're going to shut you down, Joe. Okay,
0: Joe? I'm still president, Joe. No matter what you say. No matter what the votes say. Still president. It's frozen wasteland. Hey, he made that weapon for him. He asked for it.
1: So in the movie, Joe is a scientist working on a weapon in the book. Joe is a disgraced presidential advisor who was fired because <gasps> he was pushing on housing reforms due to civil unrest. Wow. That
0: sounds like robot jocks. A little bit, yeah. Oh my god, I don't know what to say. Jesus, that adds a total different dimension to the character, but go on, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, it takes place in New Austin, Texas, in New North Korea. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What? Bear in mind none of this is ever explained. It just dumped on you and you just have to kind of put the pieces together to figure it out. Apparently apparently we lost the Korean War. Um and America is now instead of North America is now North Korea? New North Korea. Like that's the new North Korea? Hey, I don't want to jump the gun, but this book sounds like it sucks. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like also like instead of the Koreans renaming Austin, Texas, they just called it New Austin, Texas? <laughs>
1: yeah. Why? I don't know. It never
0: explains it. It's just it's- I'm going to I'm going to keep going cuz I already have thoughts.
1: Yep. <laughs> oh god. Um Again, this is all, like, the first chapter. It's fucking... Oh,
0: my God. Really? <laughs> yeah. How many chapters does it even take before he is, like, back in time in Switzerland?
1: Actually, wait, no, I'm sorry. This isn't in the... The the new North Korea shit is not in the first chapter. It's added on just, like, five chapters in when he's in Geneva and he's trying to figure out like how to talk to someone
0: (laughs) oh this isn't like new
1: North Korea at all I'm in the sticks
0: now what is this (laughs) don't you speak Korean I don't even speak Korean (laughs) what's Korea what do you mean you don't know what Korea is you trade with them don't you
1: so uh, the time slips don't happen because of a black hole weapon like in the movie it turns out that there's a nuclear exchange between some warring countries again never explained what it is and we just kind of just kind of be like oh okay there's slips of time in the universe whatever everyone's kind of cool with it what yeah
0: okay just because is it just
1: stance? because of uh some kind of nuclear exchange between uh two countries and it never explained which one it is are you <laughs> fucking kidding me so there's a nuclear explosion
0: that causes time rifts yeah huh okay man the movie's sounding pretty fucking brilliant so far yeah i'm kind of liking it better <laughs> just in comparison because like having it happen off screen is so much less interesting because it's like, ah, yeah, it's whatever. It's just been happening. Who cares? Yeah. It sounds like a big fucking question mark, even in the book. I can't believe th- the book is already making me bring this up. But, like, <laughs> Dr. Buchanan making a giant cosmic stupid, like, reality-destroying weapon and then kind of, you know, being undone by it while then meeting Dr. Frankenstein, who is undone by his, you know, fucking inhuman monster he's created, is... A decent idea and this like this catalyst doesn't really sound like it has the same interesting echo. It does not. Like it doesn't it doesn't line up at all. It's a, it's like wow, Roger Corbin's not a hack, is he? It Roger <laughs> Roger Corman came up with a better idea.
1: <laughs> I, I I'm jumping the gun here to saying this, but um yeah, the movie does actually try and do something with the material while the material itself is Everything that was a problem with the movie just worse. Oh, but also better somehow. Uh, I am. <laughs> keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is too, this is like a fucking car crash.
1: So the kids having the uh, the the bike funeral is in the book,
0: right? Okay, can, can please tell me they elaborate on this. It's dead. How do you know? She got a new one. Oh, okay.
1: They elaborate on it because it's Joe's grandkids. And he's talking about how he doesn't understand how religion became like a thing. And this is my reading of the material in the world of Frankenstein Unbound religion is not non-existent, but it kind of exists in some kind of weird limbo where things that we used to do as a religion kids now do as like kind of a game. And in my video, I'm in the middle of writing it. Um, I explain it as kind of like how trick or treating has roots in various different cultures. But now we just do it as, like, kind of a, a fun thing on Halloween.
0: Huh. So it's, like, a, a weird, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't maybe use the term cultural appropriation, but, like, it's been so trivialized that now it's been reduced to activities that kids do in their fucking, you know, their bullshit time.
1: No, that's a perfect way to put it, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Like, so, like, I guess, like, in that world, I would maybe imagine, like, okay, so once you crack open the time-space continuum with nuclear exchanges and, like, time slips are just part of your daily life, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I can see a lot of people going, like, Well, fuck God. Who gives a shit now? Like, time is cracking up around us. Like, why? There's no God. It's been debunked. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Look, there comes uh, Hun out of the sky. Genghis Khan walked out of the corner store and then walked across the street and he disappeared. (laughs) Now let's bury this bicycle because fuck it. Now let's bury this bicycle because God is dead.
1: So, the, the Hun sequence does not happen, but it's similar to a part in the book. Oh! Uh, so, time slips will take sections of an area. In this case, it is Joe, his house, his grandkids, and his housemaid. Uh, they take them all, and they go into different areas. So, at one point, the house is transported to medieval Europe, and there is a knight that is attacking them. And I think they scared it away with porch lights. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that would freak somebody out. That's awesome. Did they launch a cow at it? No, it just kind of again, everything's so freaking vague.
0: Yeah, but I, I would love to see that on screen. Like, someone's like just yelling at him, and John hurts like, "Quick, the lights! Who <laughs> think it's God? <laughs> I am God now!"
1: Uh, but that's quickly taken care of, and they're back to to normal. And then they do a different time slip where they go into just a random field, like in the movie.
0: Is it just a jump
1: to the left? I gotta know. And a step to the right, yes. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) (laughs) So Joe uh, just kind of decides, like, I'm gonna take a drive around. it will be fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Still, like, you don't care who knows at all. Nor does he care about his family, seemingly. He's like... I know this is temporary and it's locational, but I'll just leave. Well, he fucking tries to pull it off his wedding ring immediately. How much would I get for this? 50 francs and a trout. Okay, yeah, trade. Yeah, but now that now that I know that it, those are his grandkids, it's even more fucked up because it's just like, well, I guess I'm on my own now. Here I go. Yeah, Oh well, my family's dead. Grandpa, where are you going? Oh, yo. <laughs> I made my family disappear. Exactly.
1: So we're going to keep going with the plot, but just bear in mind, guys, that the way the book is written ra- and it's supposed to be Joe talking into a recorder Ugh. to make a record for his wife okay. and his grandkids to hear if they ever find it. So bear in mind that as we go further. I got a
0: question. Yes. Does he leave a recipe for the perfect omelet because it's made with two eggs, not three?
1: And don't use milk. Yes. That's a mistake. <laughs> Deep Lucy, everybody. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so Joe just decides to drive off, and uh, he just kind of decides to take a nap at an inn. Oh, my
0: God. God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's, just,
1: it's, like, it's, it's horrible.
0: This is the laziest fucking thing I've ever heard. It is <laughs> in the middle of the book. He's a huge law dump. Now I'm tired.
1: So his family is gone now. Like the time slip brought them back to the present, and now he's stuck. Wait, everybody goes back to the present except for Joe because he wasn't back at the house because he decided to take a nap at the end. Wow,
0: <laughs> you're telling me that he was zapped there? Yep. With everybody in the same place. See, I thought you meant they were all zapped into different portions of time. Nope. Altogether. What the fuck? I can't breathe. And he knew how this worked, and he was just like, ah, fuck it. I I didn't want to go for a brisk ride, have some uh, 17th century meat, and uh, lay beneath the sun. I I have plenty of time. He abandoned his family. The main character of the story just fucks off and rip Van Winkles himself out of his own timeline. (laughs) What a fucking idiot. He takes those three drops and then fucking sleeps in the cave, dude. Oh, my God. I love this story. Fucking poppycock! He's somehow dumber than the John Hurt iteration. (laughs)
1: This guy's a moron. I love it. So the 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 visit and seeing Victor Frankenstein at the inn, like it's it's basically how it's set up in the movie. Uh, There's not much difference there.
0: Oh. So I have a question about this. I don't mean to cut you off, but like, do they explain why Victor Frankenstein is now a real person? It's really stupid.
1: Oh well, lay it on us. I really
0: wish you just said no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is it explained why he's a real person? No,
0: no, no! They don't even met. It. No, he's like, he's like, oh, Victor Frankenstein, obvious real person, and just talks to him. I read about your work. I'm familiar with your work within the work of Mary Shelley.
1: This is me trying to make sense of this really shitty book.
0: <laughs> yeah, this this is us trying to make sense of this really shitty movie.
1: Actually, more sense it's the movie because the movie does it better. If you can believe it,
0: but we're looking for answers, right? We're looking for answers. You're supposed to be like, well, oh yeah, well that was left out because this is what really happened."
1: You're just gonna get further questions, damn it.
0: <laughs> Let me just ask this: Is it like these time jumps are maybe shifting you to different dimensions, like maybe parallel realities? Because that's a, mo- um, like that would be my go-to if I were to, you know, say like he goes back in time and suddenly meets a, a someone who's the star of a book. Like, I, my immediate assumption is like, oh, time slips, you know, it's a universal break. Maybe it just sent you to a different, you know, version of Earth. I think you're overthinking this, Connor. I think that's the problem. <laughs> I am overthinking it because I'm, I, I don't... We
1: are all overthinking this. No, but it
0: makes sense. I don't want it to be as stupid as it's about to sound.
1: That is a good reading. I just want to say th- the best thing about the movie is this idea that Mary Godwin is sitting in at a court hearing, <laughs> hearing about Justine Moritz... Possibly murdering um, Frankenstein's little brother. Sure, and and there's a rumor that there's a monster. And in my reading of it, Mary goes back to Villa Diodante, which is the the, the mansion that she was in with Lord Byron, everyone. AKA Fuck Palace. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the real Mary Shelley in this. But the, the idea that she saw this court hearing, she thinks like this rumor about a monster and this inspires her to write Frankenstein. Sure. That's a cool idea. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. It's like It's like an alternative history novel. However, the idea that she's thinking that but it's it's happening anyway, like that's stupid as fuck. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, that there's an actual monster and then <laughs> <laughs> instead of just like, Oh, these are some things that I added like I, I made them fanciful, these real events. Yeah, yeah. What like what you're what you're saying sounds almost like the Thirteenth Warrior uh framing where it's like Correct, yeah. Let's come up with an idea of how this story that no one really knows, you know, who you know, the author, too, let's come up with
1: an idea of how it was written. Because in the original novel, the only written record of the monster existing is Captain Waldman, the sea captain, writing everything down. Mm-hmm. Oh, who sees it in the on the ice, right? Yeah, he sees it on the ice, and the creature does appear at the ship to see Frankenstein uh, like when he died. Right. Okay. He met, spends like five pages lamenting how like no one loves him, boo-boo for him
0: so was i right (laughs) in my assumption that nobody sees that monster except that one person in that book
1: no waldman sees it the crew pretty much sees it yeah um but that's it like they're they're out in this i'm uh, fucked no you're fine
0: well no i had i had this idea that like reading that novel or listening to it rather i had i came up with this idea where like the monster wasn't actually real but it was victor doing all the sh- the, sh- the killing and
1: things it's okay joe that's why you have me here
0: i know but i thought that was a cool idea
1: it would be cool
0: that would be cool though like yeah when i was listening back to the uh, episode we did you were talking about that and it's like, yeah, you know, that would be kind of a cool idea for a movie. I mean, I guess it's probably
1: been done, right? As far as I know, no. You
0: know what? It could have been a cool for a, a cool movie called Frankenstein Unbound. It could have been neat for that.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> would have been cool. True.
0: Yeah, so does he go up to her, like, at the trial and everything in the book, too?
1: So that's the thing about the book is that uh, Mary doesn't visit the trial. She doesn't know literally anything about Victor Frankenstein being a real person, about the monster being created. Huh. She talks to Joe at one point in the book, and she's just like, Listen, it's all fiction. I never knew anything about it. Now, Connor reading it as like a multidimensional jump, that's a cool reading. And I wish I knew that because in my head, I'm just like, oh, this is all a weird coincidence or, you know, <laughs> lazy writing by the author. I don't know. You choose. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So, she, so so she had written it already in the book? She was in the process of reading it. And everyone at the uh, at the mansion knew about it. And they kind of referenced it over and over during uh, their dinner parties. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about the dinner parties later, because there's a whole bunch of them.
0: <laughs> oh great! What is the explanation? Is that the explanation for Victor Frankenstein being a real person, or is?
1: Yeah, there is no explanation. It's just it's a oh fuck fuck's sake she she just manifests it that's that's a reading that if you want would you stop doing that i need some fucking concrete answers
0: here <laughs> no i think i think the problem is like the book doesn't sound like it tells you much of anything no it like, doesn't this really sounds like remember when you said orca was lots of um what's his face just like rambling and bambling like just yeah oh richard harris like richard harris's character just going on about how he fucking hates jaws yeah <laughs> yep. it's a revenge killing it's a yeah like this th- this book sounds a lot like the title character just Meandering into a fucking recording device and not really want to. Like, this log he's supposed to leave for people is very devoid of information.
1: It is incredibly devoid of, of all the information. Like, I have so many questions about New Austin, North, North Korea, fucking. <laughs> it's just like. I have s- so many questions. Pseudo
0: intellectual bullshit that is so, like. uh...
1: Oh, we didn't even get to the pseudo intellectual bullshit yet.
0: And because it's framed as him leaving a log. It's almost like from a writing perspective, you're 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 writing yourself out of the work of having to explain this fucking world because you're saying like, Oh, well the people I'm telling it to know what the fuck this is. No the fuck we don't. It's abstract, Connor. Don't you get it? Aren't you smart enough to figure it out? Fill in the holes. Oh, oh, yes. Let's go to new, 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 New York. <laughs> new North Korea or whatever.
1: You guys mentioned how it possibly could be Mary Shelley fan fiction uh, in your recording. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and that is the best explanation because this whole story is a very convoluted way for a person to go back in time, hang out with a bunch of historical and fictional figures. They all love him and become his best friend. And yeah, that's exactly how fanfiction, at least the bad, bad, bad fanfiction is written. Oh yeah, slash fiction, yeah.
0: Yeah, the 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 the, the, the self the self-inserting fan, it's it's it comes off as like really self-indulgent Doctor Who
1: fanfiction. Yeah. Oh, we, we didn't get into the self-indulgent Doctor Who fanfiction yet.
0: <laughs> it sounds like just like a bunch of ideas and then like, oh,
1: well, I just dis- like who wrote who wrote this book? Uh, this guy named Brian W. Aldiss. And here's the thing, though, is like he's kind of celebrated. He's got a couple awards. He he's renowned for some of his stories and uh, his collaborations and editing on on short story collections in the 60s and 70s. Huh? He's not like a brand name like say like Harlan Ellison or or uh, Frank Herbert or or Philip K. Dick of the new wave of science fiction but he was sure. he, he was pretty prominent at the time. Well, you say
0: 60s and 70s, and I'm like, okay, so this guy's taking a handful of mushrooms and just writing this bullshit out, and he's like, you know what would be sweet?
1: That's pretty much the new way of science fiction, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Maybe this is his Christine. He just drank a lot of cough medicine, did a lot of cocaine, just doesn't remember writing it. <laughs> Uh, that's a better book, but okay. (laughs) So how the hell do we get out of this, uh, trial scene? Like, where do we go next from there?
1: Basically how the movie goes. He goes up to Victor Frankenstein first, and it's like, hey, Frankie, um... You have a monster, and he's like, no, I don't. Shut up. And then the monster shows up. Murder?
0: Yeah, is that in the book? Murder? Is that in the book?
1: I wish. That was like one of the more interesting parts of the movie. Congrats to the actor in that movie, because he's the only one that's emoting during the whole
0: part. Yes, uh, someone found a way to fucking suck all the energy out of Roland Julia long before he even got cancer. <laughs> and even on in his fucking last role where he's sick every day he's a fucking lightning bolt oh yeah is there even the exchange where uh frankenstein is admiring his watch or you know they're having that kind of you know intellectual exchange about technology
1: no he's selling the watch to a watchmaker and the watchmaker doesn't like it because there's no uh no gears or anything and oh god
0: it has a whole story in a different direction
1: yeah that's fucking dumb
0: yeah because like i i much prefer like a science you know he's great he's fictional but like he's a man of science at the time like looking at this and going like immediately getting the, the wonder of it being like wow this tells time it has no gears no moving parts like what is this yeah but there's a parallel to his science there rather than just like all right my, ain't no fucking gears in this thing i can't do nothing with it ain't no gate what is this oh, i'll smash it with my hammer he <laughs> will <laughs> give you i don't know um, five quid get out of me shop Cockney accent in the middle of Geneva. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how is the relationship between Victor and the monster in the book compared to the movie? Is it about the same? Is it
1: different? It's it's about the same. Uh, The monster in the movie, uh, he has that kind of... He can talk... But he's still trying to figure things out thing. And that aspect of him like trying to figure out like who made you as he talks to people, like that's a fun concept. Sure. That is not in the book. In the book, it is very much in the way of of the original novel, where he's this very emotional, dramatic hate-filled little incel. <laughs> Some more stolen uh stuff. Okay. I, I that's pretty much it. Like there's nothing really interesting about him in the book. Does he become like over-philosophical at the end of the book like he does in the movie? In in the beginning he's he, like right off the bat he's philosophical about everything. Uh talks about he talks about John Milton, Paradise Lost a little bit. Huh? There is that whole um, you know, uh You promised me to make me a mate. Uh, aspect in the book that's in the movie sure but other than that they're two very different uh readings of the of the monster
0: yeah the monster's still like in its infantile infantile stages though like in the movie in the beginning and then all of a sudden once we fucking crack to fucking soviet russia it's like it's like oh i i'm a thing that exists and i transcend the human form because i'm create i'm a machine kind of
1: Unbound. This first meeting with the monster is where we first get introduced to Joe's Browning M1919 World War II machine gun that he just happened to have mounted on his car.
0: <gasps> what? I'm sorry. Excuse me. Oh, suddenly this book is awesome.
1: That's the thing. Where like we have this car since like the beginning of the book. We're about maybe five chapters in, possibly. I don't know. And only now does Joe mention in his little audio log, the third thing, I have my, my trusty swivel gun. And I'm like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Swivel gun? When did this show up? What? Gentlemen, say hello to the Chinese M1, M4, triple pulse
0: assault so rifle. <laughs> triple barrel machine auto, 50 caliber, blah, blah, blah. Chinese M69. Auto cooling, watertight motherfucking Frankenstein's killer. So, what does he do? Just like point it at them and like threaten them with it? <laughs> he's just shoot He
1: He people. hides out in the woods and he's pointing at it. And does nothing with it.
0: And why? I don't know. Dude, here's the thing though. I, I really wish that book just ended with, like, and then John leveled an entire town with his fucking super advanced machine gun. I just saw him, like, in Predator, just like mowing down the entire forest. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> I don't have time to bleed. That son of a bitch is dug in deeper than an Alabama chick. Victor, Victor, you're bleeding. I don't have time to bleed. Damn you.
1: So in the movie, he kind of fucks around back and forth, right? Between uh, Mary Shelley, Lord Byron, and Victor Frankenstein. It's a lot like that in, in the book, only, you know, more. Uh, sure. I mentioned it before. Like, he goes to, to Lord Byron, and uh, they have exchanges. There's no, like, weird gun exchange, and there's no, like, binocular <laughs> thing.
0: Okay. So let's make make it less interesting okay go on
1: it is incredibly less interesting but we have just pages and pages of everyone really really loves joe lord byron loves joe percy Shelley loves joe wow
0: i think that's super shitty because in the movie like he's ingratiating himself among these like scholars and these scientists and these you know socialites by saying like by like offering something of his that's also would blow their fucking minds yeah and he's just giving this shit away too he's like here's a fucking telescope and, like, what oh, was it, Byron or Shelley in the movie? He was like, whoa, this is, like, fascinating. And, he, like, he's, you know, he's blown away by it. He gives him binoculars. Yeah, he gives him binoculars. And the book is just like, oh, I'm so charming that these, you know, these notable, you know, literary heroes just fucking love me eat shit my goodness this author is this author is so far up his own ass it's like disgusting if i went back in time i would be joe buchanan or whatever everyone would love me they wouldn't behead me at the moment they saw me Every- <laughs> they'd be like you're so smart you are so handsome and charming come in here and fuck all of us at the same time you wouldn't accuse me of sorcery and behead me publicly <laughs>
1: <laughs> they also go on and on and talk about uh, uh socialism how great it is now i'm not going to go into political talk but i will say this i looked it up uh the term socialism isn't around for at least another decade so the idea of them talking about is it, if it's like it's a regular thing isn't a thing yeah
0: you could have done something interesting with that right
1: i did do some research percy shelley a lot of um um philosophers socialists and communists did try to paint percy as a socialist based off of his writings um and also some that argued that didn't and basically, just kind of came down to like, you know, we don't know his real intentions. He died when he was super young because this is my personal opinion Percy Shelley's the fucking worst.
0: Uh, he's a drug addict, sex maniac.
1: He left his wife, his pregnant wife, and his kid to go hang out with William Godwin as an underling, but he really just did so he can um, creep on his 16-year-old daughter, Mary Godwin. Yeah. Ooh. When uh, they found out about this, when, when William Godwin found out about this, Percy went up to Shelley in a fit of emotional rage with a gun and a bottle of poison and told Mary, we'll kill ourselves like Romeo and Juliet. Holy Whoa. shit. And Mary's just like, Percy, calm the fuck down. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It should be made clear that this vacation trip across Europe with um Percy, Mary, and Mary's half-sister, Claire, it wasn't a vacation. They were avoiding debt collectors because, again, Percy being the worst, he wasn't a trust fund kid because trust fund kids actually have money. Percy was doing um a type of debt that was common back then where it's like, I will... I, I owe you money and I'll pay back with interest when my daddy dies and I inherit lots of money. Wow.
0: That's a weird kind of gamble. Like, what if, yeah. what if your father outlives your jackass? <laughs> yeah, look at that. This is an IOU, right?
1: And he did. <laughs> he did outlive his son. <laughs> Jesus. Because Percy decided to go sailing during a storm and Percy doesn't know how to fucking sail.
0: Huh. I'm telling you man, he was he was on like morphine or something or like or like he was drunk as shit. He
1: It was a uh, laudanum. That was the uh, popular drug.
0: That, that yeah, laudanum that was it. Oh, yeah. he liked laudanum. Oh my god. Wait, so are you telling me that, what is the chances that he took a bunch of laws in them and fucking went on a sailboat in the middle of the storm. Sure. That sounds that sounds accurate.
1: That is pretty likely, yeah.
0: I and I don't mean to, you know, it's just because my brain is a fucking, you know, it's a ping pong ball going from left and right, but I keep thinking of killface from Fisky Dingo going like Shelly was a man, you philistine." <laughs> <laughs> the most important part, yes. The book and the movie don't paint him accurately. It seems at all, and like not even contextually, historically. Yeah, <laughs> and and the and the movie kind of makes him very chummy and kind of likable, like immediately. Oh, no, you're a scientist, eh? Hell oh, yeah. Oh, are, oh, I can see very far with these. Oh, mm, excellent! And join me in my um, my orgies and my uh, in my laudanum intake. Let's go. Yes, come come inside. I I can't feel my face. Let me ask you something, Joe. Have you ever been sailing before? <laughs> 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 the
1: the thing about uh the movie is that uh the character the actor who plays Lord Byron kind of acts a little bit more like how I perceive Percy to be. Kind of like a, oh, huh yeah no, no, whatever.
0: Yes, yes, uh, That's fucking Michael from the Lost Boys by the way.
1: And then you see Percy out in like a robe, like he's yawning. It's the middle of the day. He just took a nap, like, and he's a little bit more flamboyant. That's how I usually perceive Lord Byron to be, because Lord Byron was kind of the worst, but like he thrived on that for being the worst. Like he, he kind of had that, that uh, relishing uh being just a terrible person, but it's okay. Cause he's Lord Byron. He's the charming shyster. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I don't want to marry you, but I kind of want to hang out with you because you know how to party, Lord Byron. And you have money. And you have money. And drugs. And lots of drugs. That's upfrontness that you can kind of respect. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so does he? does he take Mary Shelley out for a ride? Literally and figuratively, yes.
1: He does not take one out in the car, I don't think. Wow.
0: <laughs> Missed opportunity book. <laughs>
1: They did have sex bun- a whole bunch of times in the book. Oh
0: my god. Oh
1: man. Does he get her pregnant in the book? Not that I know of. No, that's not a point I, But just oh, okay. Oh, it's one of those abstract things. With, you know, maybe. Oh. Well, that's the thing to remember is that again, this is all an audio log that he hopes that his wife will find because at some point <laughs> in the book he does say like, "I miss my wife, Mina, so much."
0: So why would he even mention this? So, by the way, I've had, I've had sex with a medieval poet seventeen times. And he's a grandpa. Hold your fucking horses. What is? this woman's name? This woman's name is Mina, that he's writing a diary. Like John Harker's Mina? Is that what you mean?
1: I think it's just a, a, a reference because uh, Mina's still back in 2020. Ugh.
0: No, I think I think that's what he's getting it's like you know, it's a cheeky like like oh, this book's a Frankenstein book. let me allude to Dracula.
1: But remember Dracula too? Dracula Unbound. You know, the author did write Dracula Unbound.
0: Wait, wait no uh
1: Excuse me? I'm sorry, what? He did? The author did write Dracula Unbound back in the 90s? Around the time this movie came out, yeah. There's a fucking
0: Dracula... Unbound? Oh boy. Tony's gonna fucking lose his
1: shit, dude. I wanna know if Joe goes back in time to fuck Dracula. And no, uh, and fucks, uh. Mina.
0: It's Mina, and he takes her back with him.
1: And trucks Bram Stoker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, right?
1: And the thing is, Bram Stoker was like notorious asexual.
0: Hey, Bram, did you know that there's a man that lives down the street that sucks blood? You should write a book about him. I got a printout of it right here. <laughs> Look, my car has it in the glove compartment. It's like diary entries or something.
1: So this whole section is just a big old fuck around with a bunch of literary characters getting loved by them. Like, the, the plot doesn't exist. The only time when the plot comes back is when Joe gets arrested because Victor Frankenstein is missing and they just think, oh, he's murdered and this guy Joe... You know, he's kind of weird, so let's just kind of arrest him.
0: Yeah, walking around in his future clothes, driving his future car that might have gave it away.
1: Yeah, a little bit, yeah. This
0: man is suspicious.
1: And you think that maybe this plot will go somewhere. Like, maybe there's a court trial drama, and we have to talk about the monster or something. Like, something to call back to the Justine trial. No, what happens is Lake Geneva floods Geneva.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, they don't explain if it's a dam blowing up or something. Like, nothing. It just happens and it almost floods joe in the jail but he he escapes because he's just that awesome
0: they got a deus ex flood we gotta get a titanic scene in here somehow
1: (laughs) yeah pretty much um and it doesn't go anywhere never gets mentioned again joe just walks around the village and uh, goes back to frankenstein's castle oh
0: wait we see frankenstein's castle huh
1: yeah and frankenstein's there you would think that this guy's missing they would check the castle
0: yeah we, we, we just kind of see Frankenstein's like uh tower in, in Unbound right uh, it's
1: like Frankenstein's barn in Unbound <laughs> so he goes up and visits Victor and Victor's in the middle of making the mate. and it, this is like one of the more interesting parts of the book because he actually gets a little bit of detail on how this female's created it's kind of weird body horror I kind of dig it just because it's one of the few interesting things in the novel they talk about how like she has two spines fused together for extra support Um, the body is extra proportioned outward. No extra thumbs, like in the movie, but... Does she have four
0: eyeballs stitched together, like in the movie? Oh my god, I missed that.
1: Oh yeah, it's right on the cover. Yeah,
0: it's on the cover, and if you zoom in, you can see it on, uh, the monster, but like... Oh,
1: that's what you meant? I thought you meant, like, she had extra eyeballs, like, on the side of her head.
0: No, 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 like, it's four eyeballs stitched together in
1: one socket. I kind of like that. That was cool, yeah. But, uh, that's not in this. To put on top of that, uh, the... The the mate also has. They go into detail about how she has a vagina and a working womb. I don't know how. I don't know how Joe would know that.
0: I I, I tried it out myself. Don't you worry about it, Smith. I talked to Rutger Hauer about this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the mate also has, as is described, a giant penis to pee out of.
0: Oh my fucking god! I, I just said Rutger Hauer told him about this. A fully functioning vagina. functioning <laughs> I was in that plane, I put that penis on that monster. Wow. Why does it have a penis to pee if it has a vagina?
1: I I don't know. I think at one point in the novel, Joe does, like, he questions to himself in a monologue. Um, I wonder what Victor thinks about this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wait. I got the quote here. Oh, I highlighted it because it was just weird. Okay. The vaginal area served purely for the purposes of procreation, a sort of vestigial...
0: Without a pee hole.
1: A sort of vestigial mock penis was provided on the thigh, from which urine could be expelled... (gasps) On the thigh! I looked at this detail with some interest, (laughs) thinking it would probably...
0: I wonder if that could fit... Somewhere else.
1: I looked at this detail with some interest, thinking it would probably tell a psychologist a great deal about Victor Frankenstein's thought process during this period of his engagement. No, I want to know Brian Aldiss's thought process for writing this.
0: I want to know how Victor fucking Frankenstein... I don't care how good he is at putting corpses back together. (laughs) Um, I want to know how the fuck Victor Frankenstein managed to reroute the urethra (laughs) of a penis... Into the bladder of a different body of a different gender. What the fuck is this guy on? He stitched together four different eyeballs, man. He knows how to make a pee hole go to the other bl- thing. <laughs> and then and then he just stuck it in the thigh? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, loose penis on the thigh. What does he, he think that the uh, the bride's going to fuck itself when it's sitting down? <laughs> It's a loose stick on your thigh that also functionally urinates? What the fuck is this book on? I don't know. Wouldn't it be funny if I put a penis on a thigh? Wait, it'd be even funny if I made it pee. <laughs> That's
1: where the pee comes from. But you can't fuck it. Now you know. Now you know what it's like to live in my brain. <laughs>
0: So is it different then than the movie where Elizabeth gets killed and is turned into the monster? Is it actually a separate entity altogether in the book? I was going to ask that, yeah.
1: Oh, it's incredibly different. Wow. Oh, it's not Elizabeth uh, in, in the book. Uh, Elizabeth is alive in the book. Um, she dies in the original Frankenstein novel. Right.
0: Questioning the penis on the thigh, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is actually Justine.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. It's Isn't she supposed to be dead? Hung? Hanged? <laughs> She's hung. <laughs> Oh my God! Fuck you! (laughs) You know Justine Firehose—is that what they call her now? Oh yeah, right on the thigh. Oh my goodness! He abducts the fucking—he abducts the body of Justine and makes it the bride of Frank. Is that in the original book?
1: No. uh, In the in the original novel, uh, Frankenstein begins creating uh, the female creature and he he has this revelation of like I'm going to create a whole other being that has her own thoughts and and like ideas and agency she may not um accept the monster so, and now I just have two really pissed off lonely creatures that just want me dead but maybe they'll
0: kill each other either
1: they kill each other or they want me dead and because of that he doesn't create her and then that creates uh, Frankenstein the creature uh, to go kill Elizabeth. Yes, that's right. Yep. The interesting thing is that uh, the 1994 uh, Kenneth Branagh Frankenstein kind of takes this aspect of this novel and, and does that for the movie where Justine's body became the main body. Really? Uh, for that movie. Tony was telling me about that, that some of the
0: stuff... Well, not necessarily from the book, but from from Unbound. There's a lot of parallels in that the the De Niro one, right, where De Niro's the monster. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but he was telling me about that. So uh, TBD. We're
1: gonna be talking about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to look into that now.
1: That is it is interesting. Like there are some parallels, and it's kind of weird when you think about it because that movie came out four years after this one. Insanity. So it's possible. It feels like a completely different
0: decade both of those
1: at the same time though it, it it it's entirely possible that they both came up with the same idea differently because you only have a handful of well it's gonna sound fucked up you only have a handful of dead women to create your female creature
0: well maybe he is the doctor doesn't he have access to like the
1: the mortuary and things like that going back to the uh the original novel he never actually uh like grave robs he goes into um mortuaries for the the school He goes to animal slaughterhouses. The creature is made up of animal parts a little bit. Maybe a horse penis, I don't know. (laughs) Just
0: for the leg. It's it's a very gag.
1: Just for the leg.
0: Don't worry, it's not (laughs) what you think it is. (laughs) It's a goof. In fact, you'll never guess what I'm going to do with it. (laughs) I'm going to put it on his forehead.
1: Give him extra thumbs for no reason.
0: Sorry, I can't get over the fact of why you would add a penis just to drain the pee. But whatever.
1: I brought it up. I brought it up so I don't have to suffer alone. (laughs)
0: just i i can't wrap my head around it it seems like so much it's like he didn't understand the way it worked with like you know a, like a like a vagina or like you know with, with a woman's body But there's only one hole in there w- women don't pee so he just went through all these extra fucking bullshit steps to just make it able to pee like you know it has an extra th- like yeah
1: like women pee victor yeah.
0: <laughs> out of the same or orif- well not the same orifice but right next to it you didn't need to fuck with it you gave you put the hat on a hat like <laughs>
1: just leave it alone in the original novel victor's a college dropout so i get that you know he didn't he might have not got to that part of biology oh
0: sure yeah he skipped that class right yeah the, the main one yeah yeah <laughs> vaginas what it's
1: because uh unbound wants to be like so involved in both real life historical figures a a influential uh science fiction novel and be its own thing and it fails in all of it i i think that's what it
0: is a glorious failure and then you just pepper the mdu on top of that and it just it, it takes our minds places
1: yeah so how does
0: how does this all
1: wrap up like oh we're only halfway done guys oh fuck <laughs> uh the plan for the book is since joe doesn't have a uh, uh access to do time slots because it's not a weapon in this one uh his plan is to uh put victor to sleep using uh, Lauderdum and uh go destroy uh, the bride, go destroy uh, the, the lab and everything. And what happens is he gets Victor asleep. He gets stopped by this book's version of Igor called Yet. <laughs> and he's still like a hunchback henchman. And that's pretty much it. That, that, there's nothing else to him.
0: Okay. Igor is not
1: even in the film, is he?
0: Uh, he's in the later ones. He's like in uh, four and five.
1: Oh yeah. You have uh, Fritz in the 1931 version, uh, who actually is a, a character in the 1823 play adaptation fritz has been around he's kind of like the robin of the frankenstein mythos where like he's been around for a super long time but it's true when people say like he wasn't in the original yeah uh uh, Lugosi
0: actually plays igor in the later movies and igor at one point gets his brain put in the frankenstein monster
1: what yeah that's that's universal territory which one is that that's a ghost of frankenstein
0: Uh, nah, it's, it's past that. It's like after Wolfman versus Frankenstein. It might be house. Yeah. It's been a while. I'd have to ask my dad.
1: So you would think that his plans going, okay, he would destroy the fact, uh, he would destroy the lab. Uh, he just kind of doesn't what are his motivations to destroy all this shit there is none oh my god
0: okay <laughs> get him out of here
1: you said something along the lines of like how these are just like babblings on going on in a voice recording and that's pretty much it because the motivations change back and forth Uh at first in the beginning he's kind of a um, kind of an atheist or agnostic and then he just flips over and starts talking about uh abominations of gods but like it doesn't there's no flow to it.
0: The, the same thing happens in the movie. No flow to that either. Yeah.
1: Exactly. It
0: is Tuesday. I have decided to destroy a man's life. Yeah, so theoretically, there are happenings going on and that we're not privy to that could fill in all these fucking gaps. Instead, it's like, well, I decided to fuck a teenager and then kill this thing because I felt like it. Yeah, it's... It, without a narrator, like an actual narrator. Sure. Like an omniscient one or an omnipresent one, like you'd see in like a traditional book, like... You're not getting very important pieces of the story that make all this, like, connect. Like, there's no connective tissue. The bicycle should be telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, at the end, it's like, and then I revealed myself to Joe. And then I died. I revealed myself as God to Joe, and he knelt before me, and I kissed his forehead. The end. Frankenstein Unbound. Like you'd be better off with just a you know, just a regular like you know a standard narration like just a regular book like.
1: I think Brian Aldous he wanted to kind of reminisce with the first person narration that was in the original novel, because because I don't know drugs. <laughs> but like, but the problem with that is like you're getting you're getting all the important
0: information from the like the first party. You're getting it from Frankenstein. You're seeing it from his point of view because it's his story.
1: Actually, it's Captain Waldman. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, listening Frankenstein. Yeah. Which gets even worse later on because it, in there's a point where the monster talks to Victor and Victor is uh, talking about the monster story to Captain Walden and it's like a three-way... Game of Telephone, and it's like I, I, it's amazing they all have photographic memories, but uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but
0: like, but my point is like you're getting it from the source, whereas this story is like yeah,
1: you're behind the
0: eyeballs of like a fifth party essentially. Yeah, it's it, you. know, I am your cousin's brother's sister's uncle's father's roommate, <laughs> and he's telling you a story about. Other fucking people that, like, he has no personal connection to. Uh Uh-uh. And at some point just shows up to vandalize his shit.
1: See, it's like that, but at the same time, Joe is telling his story. But his story is full of holes. It is.
0: Joe is telling that recorder exactly what he wants that recorder to know, though. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's for his wife. You know, he's got to mention all those times he fucked Mary Shelley, but he's got to leave out anything really incriminating. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I've said this as a Fascinating, but it's also infuriating. What does he say on the thing? He's like, Uh, oh, by the way, Marjorie, I fucked Mary Shelley because I could. I'm sorry, but I did. I hope you don't remember this
1: one." Oh no, it's worse. Uh, there's a line where he's talking. He's 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 narrating on what's happening when him and Mary are in bed. Oh my god, we get a fully fucking described sex scene. No, we get a conversation after the sex scene. There's a couple like snippets here and there where he talks about how pretty she is, how her. He talks about her parts. Yeah. Uh, So in in the book, Frankenstein Unbound, and in real life, Mary Godwin had a child named William alive while at the mansion. So she wasn't exactly partying around, sleeping with time travelers. But uh, in the book, she's breastfeeding. And then Joe's like, oh, those breasts look real nice. Because Joe's a big creep. Oh, my God. All right. So- the The term Frankenstein Unbound is actually a play on a Percy Shelley play called Prometheus Unbound. Okay. Yeah, so there's a reason why it's the, the title is what it is. Uh, I have not read uh, Prometheus Unbound, so I don't know if it's bad or not. Um, but yeah, the term Unbound is kind of a... It's kind of a thing that's been going on for like the last two centuries around Frankenstein.
0: Wow. Blow my mind right now. That is way more interesting than what is actually happening in the book.
1: The term unbounded in in this book, it, it doesn't the movie tries to do something with the title, while the book has like a few things called unbounded. I think, I think Mary and Joe, Mary confesses that her love is unbounded to Joe because Joe is just that. Awesome. I uh, I read it from the movie anyway. I, like, Unbound was like, this This will be
0: forever. Like, that is kind of Joe Buchanan's curse, you know what I mean? Like, this will keep repeating itself over and over again. Well, well, he even says in the movie, like, this is my Frankenstein is basically like this time fucking dilation that he caused that, that essentially destroys the world in the movie at least.
1: Yeah, he, free- he feeds his Frankenstein. Yeah, the movie actually does like a better job in the book in trying to create a message of some kind out of this mess of a book. (laughs) I love how it's Roger Corman interpreting this book.
0: So like, what are the other like major differences from that point on? Like, until you get to like the, the, the big, uh, climax, I guess.
1: So, um, um, Joe fails in stopping the creature being made. So his new plan is to wait outside with his machine gun in the shadows and wait for the two monsters to come out of the, of the, of the castle. And and just mow him down. He th- They come out and you think like, oh, okay, this is exactly how Joe planned it, so go on, Joe. But Joe doesn't. He does not pull the trigger again? He does not pull the trigger and they, he lets them frolic around and they just have sex in the moonlight and Joe is just watching it.
0: Oh, my God. And
1: he's masturbating,
0: right? Probably.
1: That's your reading. I don't want to read it like that.
0: (laughs) Hey, I see that. I see that penis on your thigh. It's getting odd.
1: Let me check my notes, because I think there was actually something... God damn it, Joe.
0: (laughs) Dude, uh, you just blew my mind because that like totally defeats the whole purpose. Like, okay, so now the monsters are together and they're happy. So what the fuck happens from there? How do we get thrust into icy tundra?
1: So throughout the novel, there's this possible idea that maybe there are more time slips that are happening, (laughs) but it's never explained again. So after the monsters are done having sex, they just kind of, walk off and joe's like i'm gonna go after them
0: why i want to see if they have sex again later i want to see what that baby's gonna look like
1: <laughs> the rest of the book is just a very very long uh chase sequence
0: for why of him chasing naked monsters around
1: yeah why it just keeps going and going uh at some point the two monsters get um a horse carriage and they you know <laughs> And Joe's driving his car through time and space. Wow. What
0: the fuck did you just say?
1: They just have big old time travel chase sequence. And it sounds a lot more interesting. It sounds like
0: what we basically invented with this character unknowingly. Uh, Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Then the frozen tundra just kind of appears.
0: So they just happenstance by happenstance comes out and this one of these time slips they just kind of pop into it.
1: Hold on, I found the quote going back to the monster sex. <laughs> about the about the fucking among them, I have to confess, was Lust. Reluctantly aroused by this unparalleled mating. Oh, so he was he was spanking around in there. Maybe it's, maybe it's like Orca, where, you know, it's just for a moment. Yeah, we, uh, no. He's gotta care about the fucking CB. So, uh, the the tundra just kind of appears out of nowhere. Like, Joe's driving the car, it's a regular countryside, and all of a sudden there's a big wall of ice. And it never explains how he gets his car up this this cliff of ice, but it just happens.
0: What? Oh, for fuck's sake what is this the fucking mako from mass effect you just keep hitting the button until you get up there yeah not in andromeda i can tell you that much uh
1: and then he gets to the ice he loses the car and joe the grandfather remember he is a grandpa he grabs the browning machine gun and he grabs the voice recorder we don't know how heavy this thing is and he just keeps on walking and talking now bear in mind like i've carried machine guns before for the army those fuckers are heavy. But they're talking about, like, a fifty cal mounted yeah. gun,
0: right? Yeah, this thing's designed to be attached to a vehicle and supported by, you know, a big fucking metal frame.
1: That's what I mean. Like, this shit's heavy, and Joe just carries it around, like, if, as if it's nothing. In one arm right? They never explain how old this guy is, but the fact that he does have grandkids...
0: I put it on my shoulder and just walk forward. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot me some fucking naked monsters. I am the doom guy now. <laughs> <laughs> right, though, Smith, though, if he's, like, a grandfather, what is he, like, maybe at the earliest, like, maybe mid-40s? or Early 50s? If you really have, like, young kids? Maybe.
1: I mean, it was a thing for 18-year-olds. He probably married young.
0: That's my thing. I would say, the fact that he's a grandpa keeps in my mind so the fact that he also sat there and just like fawned over and then fucked you know mary shelley is super gross and is suddenly making me really hate this book he's still like almost 60 right he's pushing 60 maybe i imagine that yeah so like and he's like oh hot 18 year old let's do it oh two monsters <laughs> Let's do it!
1: And later on, he still talks about how his wife and he hopes to see her again.
0: Oh, shut the
1: fuck up, Joe.
0: <laughs> You're never going to believe what I saw, hon.
1: I recorded everything for you, honey.
0: this guy's life is over, he's going to be chasing these fucking monsters, literally and figuratively, through time and space. So what ha- wh- What happens with Frankenstein, then? He just fucks out of the book? Yeah, where is-, where is Victor? Yeah, he doesn't get broken in half against a pillar of ice?
1: No, just like Mary, he just gets kind of forgotten.
0: <laughs> he just walks out of the book? What
1: the fuck? No, no, no. Joe walks out to a different story, and that's where we're at now.
0: So let me get this straight. Victor Frankenstein creates Bride of Frankenstein, quote-unquote, and then they fuck outside, and Victor just, what, has a cup of tea and just is like, ah, my work is done. I guess I'll just uh, go to bed. What a vacation (laughs) I'm having.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the end of the movie actually has that, that forbidden city, which is in the book. Now, we don't know exactly what it is. Joe laments how it, like, uh, could be a future society, can be an alien society. We don't know, and we'll never know. We'll never know. Epcot Center. But the monsters, they um, bang on the door, and the door opens. Joe has his machine gun up and ready on a tripod, because he carried that, too, with him. And he guns down the bride, and the monster runs after him, and he guns him down, too. And Joe is just kind of all triumphant triumphant about it and i'm sitting here with the book down i'm like what did you accomplish why what was why am i doing this
0: you killed two godless lost sad confused creatures in a timeline that's not your own in the middle of nowhere over fucking nothing congratulations this is now more bleak than the ending of dark souls okay (laughs) 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 they were abominations against god and they needed to be taken care of with with white hot lead. By holy warrior John Boodeland
1: Because Joe finds God
0: at the end of the book? Question mark?
1: The last passage ends with Joe staring his gun down at the uh, exit or the entrance of the city and waiting for anyone to pop out. He's going to gun them down too. Why? What? It says here. So I would wait here until someone or something came for me, biding my time in darkness and distance.
0: What the fuck is he talking
1: about? I don't know.
0: He's going to either freeze to death or he's going to shoot an innocent person. Okay. Do, he ends up like that guy at the end of the thing, the Swede, uh,
1: the Norwegian. Now you're making me think of a better movie. <laughs> and
0: he's like, All right, much better. That's the end. That's the that's the final passage of the book.
1: That's the end. Yep. That's the final passage.
0: Roger Corman turned a fucking pile of shit into a mountain of gold.
1: Yeah, well, a <laughs> mountain of shit. Shitty. a polished turd if you will yeah a polished
0: turd yeah yeah i mean com- like comparatively speaking like he took something that's like this book sounds like fucking nonsense it is i can see the allure of being like we should turn this into a movie because it's stupid but the amount of work they did to make the story that we saw right feel more complete and even though we saw feels kind of fractured and 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 you know kind of displaced the amount of work that roger corman must have had to do to to adapt this to the screen sounds kind of ridiculous and daunting to be honest like because this book sounds like bullshit there's a reason why this was his last film you know honestly like just hearing this like i don't hate the movie but i will freely admit that it has flaws but now i'm looking at it even you know with even rosier goggles because this book sounds agonizing
1: it it's very confusing i finished the book and i watched the movie and i sat down for a minute and i was just like what do I do with this?
0: <laughs> no, and that's like you're not just reading this for fun either. Like you, this is a project for you. Like this is a kind of a thing you do. Like yeah. Sometimes, like when I watched like like Pluto Nash, that felt like an earnest waste of time. If I wasn't doing it for a show, sure. And like this book sounds like an earnest waste of time if you weren't doing a project around it. And even that doing a project around it, like doing you know doing this for a reason, sounds just fucking awful. (laughs) Like, Sounds arduous.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a chore. The two other times I've had this situation happen to me was when I did Peter Benchley's uh, Creature, which there's so many differences between the book and movie. It's like, what do I do with this? How do I do it? And I I think I personally fucked up on that video because I don't really talk about either or. I just go on weird rants about uh, sharks and cancer and it... it (laughs) I personally want
0: to know about that because that 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 interests me.
1: I think I did a good job talking about that. I did not do a good job talking about the book or the movie. Yeah, I need to know about the book to the movie with coach. But as far as this goes like I think the movie is the ultimately better telling of the story. Mm because it decided to try and make some kind of sense out of this nonsense by having Mary at the trial. It's trying to actually connect the two story arcs together. And the fact that they're trying to, uh, keep that, uh, idea of Frankenstein being this, um, this overly driven scientist, And, um, the fact that like every actor is so subdued in their, um, their performance kind of adds to that because Victor in this movie is, pretty close to the novel in terms of characterization because I can see Victor seeing his dead wife ripped apart and the only thing he can do is marvel at how strong his creation is right
0: yeah um I'm gonna make a lofty comparison right now and I'm sure some of you are gonna gasp but this sounds like when I saw Zack Snyder's Watchmen and I got to the ending and he swapped out the squid monster for Dr. Manhattan Now, I think the squid monster works really well in the book. I think for a movie, you'd have to spend an extra 30 minutes or so explaining that. And I think reshifting the focus of the ending back to Dr. Manhattan really works. And I think this movie, like, Frank Sin and Bound abridging all of this poppycock and including themes from the original novel makes this story a whole lot tighter. That being said, it's still... A mess. Like, it's still <laughs> incoherent as fuck. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, the movie is still kind of messy, but, like, it really sounds like a much tighter version of this story. There's no real point, is my problem with it. Cause it's like, okay, I went back in time. And then it's like, and then he just had an adventure or whatever. Yeah, and this book sounds even more meaningless because it ends with this dude in the, in the fucking snow with a machine gun going, and then I'll kill the next person who says hello. Again, there's big, there's huge gaps missing, like, something happened to this guy. These, You know what? He tried to go fuck those monsters, and they were like, we don't wanna <laughs> fuck you, John Hurt, and he's like, oh, yeah." machine gun and then to be a fly on the wall when someone's like let's just swap all this out and have them have a laser fight <laughs> <laughs> a laser tag fight yeah <laughs> and then he beats him with his own arm i mean i'm gonna stand by my initial review on that just just in case we're not clear on that that movie's still a piece of shit it's uh it's 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 a two out of five it it sucks ass but it's got some good ideas and some good acting and the book i mean based on what cb's saying i, I ain't reading it No way. (laughs) No, I don't need to read it. I do want to own it just because I like to own things like that. Uh, But I will up my original review to about a three and a half, uh, only because there are some fun parts in this. And this is totally a movie I would put on like if I was sick or I just wanted to take a nap in general. It's, like, that perfect. Because <laughs> it would put you to sleep, right? Well, no, it's, like, it's like it's fine to have in the background. You know what I mean? It's one of those soothing kind of, like, sure movies. I guess. And it'd be thematic because Joe Buden, whatever the fuck his name is, takes a nap. Yeah. <laughs> and then the story happens. Ah, oh, shit, I missed my time loop. Ah, oh, crap. I abandoned my family and then went on an adventure.
1: I'd like to retroactively... Um put this in the dumpster uh i think (laughs) both
0: i'll make room for it i'll 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 dive in and push the fucking trash to the side so you can you can get it exactly where you need to get it
1: (laughs) i think the movie is kind of a an empty plastic bag uh that it's it's strong and sturdy but there's nothing to it Sure. And it just kind of fell and drifted into the top. Mm. I'll be nice and say it's on the top.
0: Yeah, it was flying all over the highway for a while. People <laughs> were fucking dodging it, trying not to get it on their windshield.
1: It had a whole bunch of adventures that don't connect at all to each other. And then it falls in a dumpster.
0: And then at the end, it didn't really matter anyway. Yep. Yeah. It feels like three separate movies. (laughs) Yeah, it kind (laughs) of does. You have Joe Buchanan, future scientist, madman weapon designer, who says, like, they wanted me to make a doomsday weapon, so I did, gleefully. (laughs) And then the time slip happens. And then it's uh, Madame uh, Bovier. What is it? <laughs> Madame, Madame Bovary. Yeah. Madame Bovary. And then like, it, you know, it's a bad episode of Doctor Who, except, you know, the moon's not an egg and it's not birthing a dragon. Well, wow. Which is infinitely more interesting. That sounds amazing. What are you talking about? It's great comparatively, but for Doctor Who, you're like, this is bad. Why is this bad? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be good for Frankenstein Unbound. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you have the ending where it's, you know, it's the the, the, the laser tag fight. Unearned and nonsensical. Right. Unearned and nonsensical. But compared to and then I murdered them with a machine gun in the snow for no reason, that also feels extremely under and nonsensical. <laughs> Sure. I- I'm also still not sure how Buchanan figure out how that weapon worked at the end of the movie. He's just like clapping his hands together and shit and it's like firing lasers at the monster. Well, to be fair, he does figure out that it's res- everything in that laboratory is responsive to him. That's what the unbound comment is about. I think they even said like, um, hello Joe, welcome back or some shit. Yeah, I think the laboratory recognizes him because it's based on his work. Mm-hmm. So it's like he just happens to stumble upon something. <laughs> well, it lets him in and then the fucking monster blows through the wall. Yeah. One of his many labs around the world, of course. Mm. And that that ties back to, like, he created... The the, the doomsday weapon he created is what throttled him through time, but then it also... It ends up saving his life at the end, but he's still marooned in the fucking future wasteland. Like, there's ambition there, but it's hollow. Yeah, well, the idea in the movie where he basically... Dupe's the monster and Frankenstein to running the electricity to his car to jumpstart a portal through his like a, a mini Buchanan, if you will, through the car makes total sense to me because he's trying to get home. It's his last ditch effort. Yeah, but like in the book, he's just like I, I'm gonna go frolic through fucking time and space, chasing after these naked monsters, these promiscuous monsters, and then gun them down for no reason. Which even in the movie, like we've talked, we talked about too, like he like he wants to kill. Like once he ends up in the like that tundra, he has no reason to kill this fucking monster he's just does it because morality question mark doesn't frankenstein tell him to kill it i guess that's his final line before he dies his last words is kill it yeah so i think he's he's honoring a dead man's wishes but like even then like fuck you the situation's so changed like Dude, I have no obligation to this. We're fucked. No. Like, we're not We're not even in our own dimension right now. Look, we're, we're somewhere else. We're unbound. Joe has only thought about himself the entire time. All of a sudden, he wants to honor this dead man's wishes. Yeah. Because he wants to kill something, and now he got permission. Yeah, whether it's with the Buchanan or a fucking machine gun mounted on his car. I didn't get to kill any of my doomsday weapon. I will murder something with this flintlock pistol if it kills me. <laughs> Give me this World War 250 caliber that's probably already 5,000 years old by the time I shoot it. In the book, or oh, what? Oh, by the- oh, it's twenty twenty in the book. Never mind. Yeah, it was like what twenty thirty one or some shit in the movie. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't it like super far into the future? But like, you could totally find a World War Two fifty cal that works now. Yeah, that, that that was the part that Cormier was like, you know what, twenty twenty. I don't think we're gonna have this. Uh, good technology at like 11 years. We were supposed to have hoverboards in 2015, weren't we? Also, interference of the post office, that's never gonna happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the predictability of it. You know what it was? Maybe he got a dream and like wrote this bull like, it's all nonsense, right? Because it's all dreams strung together, but like, sure, th- there is some truth in it, like some kind of bullshit Nostradamus thing. Maybe the author of this also created his own Buchanan oh. and he went forward the and- <laughs> time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and he saw what was going on this year and he was like, oh fuck, and he came back i kind of want to wrap this up but i do have one last question they have these weird fucking dream sequences just peppered throughout the film are those in the book Mm, yes oh my god i forgot all
1: about these there is one dream sequence in the book in between the chase sequence he has a dream and during this part i dozed off reading it and i had like I just keep reading about how all this random stuff walks past him. I think one was like a chicken. uh, One was just just random things happening around him. And I, for a second, I'm like, wait, what is this happening in, in the book? Is this like, what is happening? And then he says, then I woke up. And I'm like, it's about as nonsensical as the rest of the book. So I, whatever, he had a dream, whatever. I'm trying to get done with this book. <laughs>
0: okay. You know, I, I think I finally, now that we've had this big conversation about this book and like the The themes of it, because of the novel and the original Frankenstein novel. Sure. I think his nightmares are alluding to him eventually being kind of... Fucked over by his own technology. Because at some point, isn't one of the dreams like he's being like ripped in half by a laser? Yeah, his leg gets cut off. Yeah, it's very, it's very like nightmarish renditions of of that. Yeah, he's being tortured by all these like weird sci fi goons, and like maybe it is kind of a weird attempt to say like he's having premonitions of disaster beco- uh of uh, coming from his own designs? Question mark. But but yeah, I can see that. Yeah, no, again, it could be a very a very high reading of that. But if I wanted to like interpret some kind of meaning out of it because they don't give me one. Like, that's something I would go with. It's abstract, Connor. You wouldn't get it, okay? It's farty, farty intellectualism. <laughs> it's pseudo-intellectual, Connor. Yes. Okay. You wouldn't understand. It's art, okay? I'm Tay Diggs. I have to sniff my own thoughts before Christian Bale cuts my face off. Bringing it back. <laughs> but unless there's uh, anything else you wanted to talk about, Smithing, we're going to call...
1: I'm glad I came over.
0: Oh, it was great. I- I'm looking forward to your uh, video. When it- when When is that coming? Is that this month? Is it in November?
1: It's definitely going to be in November. I don't want to set an exact date. I already recorded the voices today. I got to edit that then. Then I got to record the videos.
0: Okay. And uh, where can people find
1: you? I have a YouTube channel, obviously, because we're talking about it. Uh, C.B.Smith. Um, I talk about books and adaptations. My more famous ones I've been getting a lot of hits on are um, Full Metal Jacket bambi and naked came the stranger of all things because there's another cb smith on youtube and when i made the name i didn't realize that <laughs> no sweat.
0: damn you other cb smith
1: yeah he's a lot more popular than me and i don't think he released anything in a long time well crib him
0: there you go and there's also this uh episode you did that was pretty good i have to say on this movie orca so uh, maybe, maybe check that out if you're listening to this uh, episode. Oh yeah, totally. This little movie. Oh,
1: right, there's there's some there was some, uh, some people with me there. I did a crossover. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. know.
0: <laughs> something about it. I, I didn't think that I was going to talk this much about Frankenstein Unbound this year or that it would come back in such a big way. <laughs> and I don't think it's going away for the foreseeable future because there's still more to discuss via yes. uh, 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 Mary Shelley Unbound and Prometheus Unbound and Frankenstein with Robert De Niro and fucking Dracula Unbound now. It just... Dobby Unbound. <laughs> well, and here's, here's the other thing, too. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad to that because um I wanted to bring this up before we wrap this episode up. Like this is for our Patreon you know patrons, but um yeah this is probably one of the more important episodes that we've done because this movie is the catalyst for two and a half years of. Of material. Oh, yeah. For this fucking podcast, because, like, one of us was like, oh, yeah, fucking John Hurt's stupid fucking gun from <laughs> Frankenstein Unbound all this shit. It's the catharsis of our fucking show! It is the catalyst of the fucking. my MCU fucking rib. <laughs> <laughs> which was, like, which was, a to me, a toss-away line of, like, it's all connected. Because at the time, I was just taking the piss out of Marvel TV and Marvel movies sure. not at all being connected because they were being run by two people who hated each other. um, And now this weird-ass movie that's an adaptation of an even weirder fucking book is, like... The, the informative comedy for, like, the entire fucking show. It's the MDU mythology. Begin, MDU begins. Yeah. If it was a movie.
1: It truly is unbound.
0: <laughs> TM. <laughs> movie dumpster unbound. Yeah. It is a flashpoint, like, if I'm going to use that term, too. Like, it's it's where a lot of shit starts. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, Smith, Smith, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Well, on our little patreon show we're doing and hopefully we can get together and do this again because I know we talked about some other uh, movies we've done that have books that we have not read and would love to talk about thank you thank you patrons for for uh, for donating to the show or paying for the show and I hope we hope you enjoy this extra content and uh, we can do it again for you
1: thanks a lot for having me back guys I'm having a lot of fun with this um, looking forward to coming back for newer episodes uh, I have a huge yes. list of potential episodes uh, your patron Patrons, I, obviously, I plugged my my stuff. You uh, mm-hmm. find me there. If anyone's interested in knowing other adaptations, let me know. I'm always open to new ideas. I didn't know about and bound until I uh, met you guys and talked to you guys. So, <laughs> hey, I'm glad we could help. <laughs> John Hurt bringing us all together, you know. So it's your fault that I read this book.
0: <laughs> it's John's fault. I'm fine with it. <laughs> hey, it's our fault. <laughs> Tony watched it too, and it's Connor's fault that we all watched it. Hey, here's the thing. Like, I this. To to say it's a movie I found and that like. You know, I, I watched the ass interview and on some on Sci-Fi and some fucking Saturday when I was in my teens. And to, when we Google it, like our shit comes up like first. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Is like is mesmerizing to me. So the more people who discover it, 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 it I don't know, just the, it makes me so happy. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure. Everyone, take care, and uh, I'll be seeing you soon with another book, I guess.
0: Thanks for joining us uh, by going from uh, the book to the movie. Now why don't you make like a tree and get out of here.